Hello and welcome to the Fit Finder Sessions, the Advisors Edition, uh, with myself, Henry Eniston, Tim Webb, Tom Senegals, and, and in a one-off, this time only special, we've also brought along Bob the Buddha um, for some insightful words of, of philosophical wisdom. Um, so today, quick chat over what's going on in the news uh, of all things uh, personal finance. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Wirecard fiasco over in Germany. Um, trade disputes, Tim's going to fill us in on, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about some mortgage appraisals for first-time buyers. My daughter has just come in to hear about whether or not she's got any chance of buying a house anytime soon because she's had enough of living with me and wants to move out. But... <laughs> but <laughs> Just start. Mr. Senegals, tell us what's been yeah. happening over in Germany. Um, well, yeah, uh, there's a payment company called Wirecard. Um, if you've been watching the financial news, you might have heard what's going on. And um, effectively, uh, 1.9 billion that was supposedly on the balance sheet is no longer there. Um, and uh, yeah, effectively, EY have been auditing. Um, I'm sure they won't say it's their fault, but um, they didn't check any bank statements for, for three years. Um, a lot of money to lose, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not exactly down the back of the sofa, although I think that was the explanation given of it's somewhere in the Philippines. Um, but uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't materialise and the company's rapidly uh, disappeared um, because of it. And uh, their chief executive, uh, Marcus Braun, he's... Um, He's been, uh, I think he's been charged, um, but perhaps released on, on bail for, for various amounts of, uh, of fraud. Um, but um, I think it just proves that this is exactly why we don't recommend selecting direct equities. Um, use a diversified portfolio. You don't want to be wirecard up until that. Heavy um, uh, funds like... Uh, I think Jupiter European or the chap who used to run Jupiter uh, European. Um, and yeah, those holdings have been significantly devalued. Um, from a UK perspective, it shouldn't affect too, too many people um, unless you had one of those curve cards where you could combine all your credit cards onto, uh, onto one single card. Um, Wirecard used to provide some of the technology for that. Um, these scandals are getting less over over the years, but um, they still happen. Um, I think uh, everyone knows of a few, Enron, Worldcom, all of these uh, companies that disappear over time, but um, yeah, hence why uh, being diversified as possible is always best. All right, sensible advice. For anyone wondering what that book was that was just being hung over my shoulder, that was the, that was the dream retirement by certain Mr. Charlie Redding that, um, that I've got my daughter reading. So, um, so <laughs> So there we are. Tim, talk yes. to, tell us about trade disputes. All things trade wars, right? Well, whether or not it's um, you know a, a star headline or a sort of more sideways action, we'll, we'll yet to know. But what uh, ground was made towards the beginning of the year and back into last year with the phase one uh, being signed and, and uh, dealt with appears to have. Um, been thrown out, I guess. I think um, this is the American Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. China. Sorry, U.S. China. Um, 
it's, it seems to be back on back on for, for, for heated discussions whether or not it's still going to happen and whether or not you know it's any uh, constructive progress is going to be made um, I mean there's nothing too uh, too exciting to sort of polar opposite to what we already know although I mean the former EU trade chief um, Cecilia Malmstrom for anyone who's familiar with her so there's a worrying tendency now towards protectionism I think um, and just generally the, the level of trade um, in goods this year has been a record low. I think what um, what they're expecting for next year, depending on these conversations, how they go, or the expected rebounds could um, could be hindered as well. So it's an in- interesting one. Um, obviously because of COVID and, and obviously the massive slowdown in, in trade in general as a result of that. But I think, well, what I mean, I'm quoting a, 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 an article here from, from Reuters where they're saying, um, you know what's going on with COVID, etc. This has highlighted how global chains, supply chains, etc. <clears throat> excuse me, can leave people fairly stranded in terms of medical protection and PPE and food supplies and so on. So, um, hence more the, the uh, encouragement to, to rely on oneself or, or the country's self rather than, than others. Um, so whether or not we'll see a, you know a more widespread reversal of um, the globalisation that we all know is, is the case at the moment and more towards um, you know protecting domestic shores etc uh, we'll see but um yeah who knows you know it might it might just be more sort of noise and white noise going on um because nothing nothing too um you know bold has actually happened it's just more of a, a headline that it's, it's coming back up um in conversation so that's something to to keep an eye on it's been interesting hasn't it on that point that that um when this all started the one thing that we were all clamoring for was bog roll but i but I believe we're, I'm right in saying that we make most of our own toilet tissue. Um, but then we had to go to uh, we had to go to the Turks to provide us with PPE for um, all our all our NHS stuff. But it, but it wasn't up to scratch. No, I think the supply chains are um, either there's a lot of talk about being on an Eastern supply chain or a Western supply chain or China US, how, however you want to describe it. But I think even if you can produce some of the things in house. I know um, sort of PZ Kuzon to uh, produce all the Carex hand soap and things like that, even though they're making it here in the UK, they can't get some of the goods in to then produce the various soap and, and bits and pieces. So I think there's going to be more countries trying to be sustainable um, and a bit more fragmented. Um, but again, uh, coming back to that diversification point, it's just making sure you've got companies that can weather weather storms and aren't aren't stuck you're not solely investing in the hospitality trade or airlines or, or whatever it might be yeah so you wouldn't have done too well out of your hospitality shares recently <laughs> well, it does make me wonder what was it if you invest in an ice cream company and a, an umbrella company you'll do well in any british summer i wonder whether or not that would have worked this year actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was, was going to talk um, just briefly about what I've seen in the papers regarding uh, mortgage approvals. So um, we've seen that high loan-to-value deals now being pulled from the market, which of course tends to affect first-time buyers more than anybody else. So you know, your your ninety-five percent loan-to-value and ninety percent loan-to-value deals are not as prevalent as they once were. Um, and really, this is, I think this often happens, certainly in times of stress on the property market. And the reason it's happening is lenders are 
are worried that they're going to lend money and the property market will crash or fall at any rate. Um, and then they will be left with a whole load of borrowers on their books in negative equity. Um, I suspect um, this is set to this, this sort of uh, paradigm is set to remain for and well, at least until the end of the year, at least until people are a little bit more aware and understand what is going to happen to the property market. And of course, actually, people start to go back. Well, everyone's as many people as possible have gone back to work. The furlough schemes ended and we know what sort of real unemployment figures we're looking at and how how stressed people are going to be in paying their mortgages. And of course, actually, the real unemployment is likely to affect those first time buyers more than it is um, more than it is probably the more um, mature uh, homeowner such as myself. Um, and so, so it'll be really interesting to see that. And, and of course, you need that first time end of the market, the first time buyer end of the market <clears throat> to be working because, of course, it drives the rest of the market. So the rest of the people who want to, to buy and sell houses and move on through. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But, um, but, but, but yeah, more bad news um, for the youngsters in the room, Tim. Um, <laughs> one day you'll be able to buy a house. <laughs> uh, but that's it that's, that's it for me I don't know if you guys have got any comments on uh, on mortgages I, th I think um, as much as that part of the market is harder I think um, Dan who does our mortgages in house for, for us for uh, the three of us sat here but also um, our clients I think it's, it's important to get good advice and sometimes it's better to wait and save up a bit more deposit and, and get a better deal rather than trying to find the the more obscure lenders who are, are willing to maybe take on on those loans at, at 90 percent loan it doesn't take a lot to um, end up in negative equity but if you if you can hold out for a bit and maybe wait for a bargain then it, it certainly helps but getting some advice is uh yeah yeah it's definitely um definitely worthwhile absolutely wise words of wisdom tom well done um, well, that, and that, that's it from us uh, today. I hope you've enjoyed these uh, uh, these 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 bon mots on 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 personal finance. Um, if you've got anything you'd like us to talk about, please do uh, please do hit the comments button beneath beneath the, the screen. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week. All the best. Bye bye.